on the farm is kind of laid back, ain't much an old country bowler can you can't hack. Early to rise, early in the sack. I thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. The days are all filled with an easy country time. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name's Joe Bond, content manager over at So Called Fantasy Experts, founder of FantasySixPack.net. Uh, my co-host is on the line, AJ. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, not too bad. Um, <clears throat> you like my little uh, Orioles Orioles shout out there with the the intro music? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Getting ready for uh, yeah, opening it. day. A week Absolutely. away. Well, technically, I guess Sunday, but um, for the O's, it's it's Monday. Right, right, right. Be there uh, with my beautiful wife and our beautiful daughter, taking in the oh, game. Oh, nice, man. That's so, cool. yeah. So uh, for the season. Yeah, maybe maybe next Monday we won't be saying this, but man, uh, I, I will tell you what. You know, we don't usually do shows on Monday, but today felt a lot like this. Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. I <laughs> had <laughs> yeah, such a crappy day at work, man. I am so ready just to sit back and relax and talk some baseball. And uh, But first, man, I want to ask you, are you – you said you might have still been in the running in one of your brackets. Are you still uh, – no. No. No, we're done. All right. <laughs> yeah. We can move nah, on pretty nah, quickly nah. from that, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, no, my uh my only potential goal was with my um wake me upset before you go go bracket was to try to get the worst possible score in that league. And I I guess stupidly put Oklahoma making it to either I think no, I had them making it to the Elite Eight, and that alone put me over the total points of the last place team. Like that was oh, the man. last possible points that I could have earned and did earn. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm happy for Oklahoma. Uh, definitely happy for Nova. I did, not, uh, I did not picture that happening at all. I had them going out in all three of my pools in um, – <clears throat> In the in the second round, actually, so they uh, they surprised me a little bit, and and possibly some other people. But I know there's a lot of people out there that had them going this far, maybe even have them getting to the final game and winning it. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, watching the uh, big fat Bartolo Colon at bat right now, and uh, sorry it's throwing me off because it's it's quite hilarious to watch this man bat. Well, it's also your oh, pick in the uh, CBS Bigs Leagues, by the way. I don't know if you got I, that I notification. Do, I do know that, yes. Who, uh, uh, who who you eyeing up here? There's there's a couple good pitchers uh, left. That Granky's still out there. I, I oh, Harvey, wanna, Cole. There's some good pitchers, I don't want to do Granky. I, I mean, honestly, I'm you debating know. on not even going with a pitcher in this round. But I yeah, I mean, there's some good pitchers. I kind of thought pitching was going to go fairly quickly in this style of league because it is a points format. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, what I'm, I mean, I'm worried about. Kind of dwindling off quickly. Yeah, 
uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm looking at, and I I was amazed that both uh, my my two first picks that I was eyeing up that I thought I would get um, in uh, Anthony Rizzo and uh, your boy Nolan Arenado both fell to me yeah, yeah. because the one guy kind of threw it off by taking Max Scherzer, um, which is not a bad pick, but I thought that he would have fallen, you know, past. I, I was looking at maybe one of those two guys being there, and both of them were. So I, I had to go with Rizzo, though, just because I feel like first base in the NL gets pretty weak pretty fast. But at the same time, third base is what I'm looking at right now, and that gets really weak real quick. So uh, only, only leagues will do that. I've honestly never been in one, but I've definitely yeah. seen and I've definitely, you know, studied them before and it's bad. You are not going to have players you like at each position. There's this, that's all there is to it. So you got to well, pick yeah. and choose your spots. And I'm, I'm, I kind of want to mention, you know, where I'm looking, but I don't know who's listening and well. whether or not they might sneak in and whatever, but possible uh, but, but just, do you know who you're picking at i i have it between two guys right now i've got all right um basically i'm looking at garrett cole um because i i just granky scares me this year i think he's definitely going to have a drop off from what he did last year um going to arizona with a hitting park and you know not a bad offense but not the same powerful lineup i feel like um, right, and oh, yeah, he's definitely not going to get the wins that he did. Is there, but he's you know he's banged up a little bit. Probably not going to start the year. Yeah, I mean, as but, we talked about in our outfield preview, I'm still not really sold on him as it is. Anyways, uh, I do like Harvey, but he's potentially not going to start the year now. He's questionable. Um, yeah, we'll Cole, get to all that later for sure. Cole's kind of banged up himself, so I mean, it's it's tough to to look at here. I mean, I feel like you know there's still a, a decent amount of guys there, like pitching wise, that I should be able to pick up on my next pick. I mean, the guy that I'm really looking at here is uh, uh, Mikel Franco. Because there's nothing in third base, and and I he's just, ranked I, really high in these in these CBS rankings for some reason according to the league rules. He he was actually yeah. ranked ahead of Arenado. Which look, I, I love the guy, but no, that's probably not no. happening. <laughs> um, well, and, so I don't and really I know why he was. I think maybe that's why Arenado did fall as far as he did. He was so um, far. I had to go like I had to scroll for a little while to find him. It was kind of strange. Yeah, I mean, yeah, third I, base gets gets that third, that third base is okay. I mean, you've got if you want to take a chance on guys like Rendon, you know, I don't, I don't bounce back and Frazier's still there and and uh, oh, Frazier's not Frazier's not. Oh, that's right, Frazier's not Cincinnati anymore. He's Duh. gone. He's uh, he's yeah. or uh, oh, Chicago. So this is so this is so tough because we're doing the it's a mixed draft, but we can only take NL players, so it's kind of tough. And, I mean, Kang's there. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third base is pretty bad. Um, maybe we should I mean, have chosen I'm, the AL side. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, well, Pitching's nice on our side. Is. I'd go Cole, man. I, I like Cole big time. I think he's I do too, and and I, potential this year. I think it's gonna, you know, potentially come back to to bite me. But I mean, his ADP is thirty four compared to Franco's is down in the fifties. So, um, I mean, there's there's a couple guys that I do. Like I wouldn't a even worry about later. ADP in this because ADP in this is judging based off of mixed drafts and. Oh yeah, we're doing onlys. Onlys are totally a different beast when when it comes to all this stuff. So I wouldn't even worry about it. I would just pick yeah. the guy that you want and what you think you know your team is going to need. This is my opinion. Anyway, yeah, I will. So I'll go ahead and take Cole. And um, all right, so Garrett Cole. So uh, we started with Cole and Rizzo, huh? Yep. All right, good deal. I've got I've got Arenado and Degrom, so I'm happy yeah. there for sure. All right. Anyway, so let's uh let's move on. So so today's show, we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be bringing on a guest, uh, T, or better known as Hude, on Twitter. Um, he's he had his FSWA draft this past week, and we're gonna bring him on to to talk about those results. And kind of just slide right on into some just general baseball talk. And then you and I will close out the show and go through some of the spring news that we haven't been able to get to for the last couple of weeks, especially some of the – there's some been some pretty big news the last couple of days, actually, with uh, a lot of injuries and guys that we thought that might be healthy that are now back injured again and, uh, you know, just in time for the regular season. So – to screw everybody who picked all those guys that thought they were going to be able to bounce back and have have a good uh, be able to start the season here. So anyway, let's uh, let's bring on T. I think this is him. Let's click him over. T, that you? Yeah. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey how are you? What's up, man? I'm so, all right. I'm doing doing well. Doing well. Just chilling, hanging out over here in Cincinnati. So you you uh you left in any of your NCAA brackets? I don't know if you even do them. Uh, I only do one. Uh, I I don't know. I've gotten to the point where I don't feel like doing fifty brackets anymore. So I only did one bracket this year. Uh, pretty much most of the brackets gone up in flames. I do have Oklahoma winning it all. Oh wow! One bracket that I did pick. Uh, just based on Buddy alone, I thought that you know sometimes when you get into the tournament, some teams. Uh, they just have the really superstar player on their team to carry them throughout the tournament, and I think the Buddy is definitely that guy in this tournament. So, uh, fingers crossed. Hopefully, Oklahoma gets the W, and I'll take that uh, little small moral victory uh, to the bank. <laughs> nice man. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely better than definitely better than me. I have zero zero teams left. Um, yeah, so we want to bring you on to talk about your FSWA draft and then just kind of talk about some general baseball talk. But first, we want to kind of let everybody know that you are starting a podcast or did start a podcast um, over here on the so-called Fantasy Experts channel. And uh, I believe it is called Rounding Third. Yeah, it's called Rounding Third. Uh, I got my co-host at Nick Siegel. Uh, you guys can follow him on Twitter. Uh, it's called Rounding Third. 
Uh, we did our first podcast on Saturday, and we're probably going to do another one tomorrow, uh, just getting back into the swing of things. And, uh, yeah, uh, so far so good. Uh, I used to podcast a bunch back in the day. Some of you guys may remember me. Some of you guys may not. Uh, but I'm definitely grateful to be over here on the so-called fantasy uh, experts network and uh being able to do a baseball podcast, and maybe hopefully I'll put together a football podcast later on in the year. That sounds good, man. Yeah, I remember back in the day when when I got started in all this, uh, you were were kind enough to bring me on whatever podcast you were on back in the day. It was a while ago, so um, so that's kind of where I got my podcasting start and got my first taste of it, and now I'm now I'm hosting my own show, so there's some motivation for me there. <laughs> so anyway, um, your FSWA draft, I believe this was last Tuesday, so about a week ago. Um, Fifteen team league with a uh, a bunch of really really smart guys in the industry. Um, you know, like any FSWA league, you get some guys that you've never heard of, but a lot of these guys, though, like Michael Rathburn, Michael Stein, George Kurtz, um, Mark Kaplan, that guy's that guy's won FSWA leagues. Like when they used to do yeah. the ones where they combined everything before. Um, yeah. I've played with Mark Kaplan many a times, and he usually kills me. Um, so all these guys. Alex Balding, like these guys, you're in a good league, man. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of sharks in this league, man. Uh, I, I like you said, as with most FSWA leagues, uh, you get the best of the best, and uh, that's why I kind of like enjoying uh, at least playing in the FSWA leagues because of the fact that you know you're going to be getting some some serious competition, even though there's not a lot of money on the line. Uh, you got Joel Hennard, I think, is also yeah, Joel Hennard, yeah, uh, I was going to say. Uh, podcast uh you know he's part of the podcast family over here so uh mm-hmm. definitely i am uh looking forward to it uh, like you said i've definitely played in some leagues with mark kaplan before as well and uh just every single time you kind of put your 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 crosshairs on them and uh try and take them out and lo and behold when we get to championship week or something like that he's always there so uh i'm excited about it and uh, i'm looking forward to uh trying to take him down Yeah, good luck there. I I, uh, I failed at that last year. Him and uh, Seth Klein, I believe, took me out last year in our league. So unfortunately, I held I held first place for like two thirds of the year. Then they both jumped me at the end. That kind of sucked. So you had the eighth pick, which in a fifteen team league, not gonna lie, that 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 pretty much sucks. Um, <laughs> Basically, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much, man. Like that's that's the worst in a fifteen team league. Like I want one of the, I want to be closer to one of the ends. I don't know if it sounds like you agree with me, but uh, so so what was your kind of general strategy heading into this? Uh, this year I'm putting more of an emphasis on offense. Uh, I really want my offensive numbers to kind of feel robust after you know the first ten rounds or so. Uh, you'll see a lot of people kind of, you know, zigzagging back and forth. Once you get past, you know, that third or fourth round and picking a pitcher, then picking a hitter, picking a pitcher, then picking a hitter. 
I've just kind of put a premium on hitting this year, and uh, the best available hitter that I can get, I'm probably going to uh, within those first 10 rounds and then kind of let the chips fall as they may through the rest of the draft. Yeah, man, I you know, I I definitely did notice that you were going heavy hitting and you didn't take your first pitcher until round 8. And I'm going to let you break the news and tell everybody who it was. And actually, if you go over to fantasy6pack.net and if you read Hootay's article, then you will already know, but I will let you know. I will let you tell everybody who your first pitcher was. And, and why you yeah, chose I, this. I, I didn't select a starting pitcher as my first pitcher. Uh, you know, I really looked at the board, and I really wasn't, you know, too enthused with all the pitchers that were left. Uh, I was going to have to make some reaches for starting pitching if I was going to select one in that round. I did feel like there was kind of a run going on closers, and I selected Aroldis Chapman. Now, granted, yeah, the suspension's going to happen, uh, there's no way getting around that. But, I mean, we've seen Aroldis Chapman miss some games, miss some months. I mean, it was a couple of seasons ago. Uh, he got hit by a comebacker and, you know, had brain surgery, had his skull opened up, put back together, and then you saw him out there pitching all over again, you know, two months later and still racked up over 100 strikeouts. Uh, you know, I was really just looking for a guy that could help my ratios and give me strikeouts. And I weighed the, the pros and the cons with the suspension with Aroldis Chapman, and I just felt like, you know, yeah, even though he has, uh, you know, a couple of months on the shelf, uh, I, I think that, you know, Aroldis Chapman can still be a serviceable closer, uh, especially considering, you know, the five closers that went above him, like Familia went above him, um, you know, uh, Cody Allen went above him as well. And so when I'm looking at guys like that going above him, I, I, can, I actually consider getting Chapman there as a, kind of a steal, uh, considering, you know, here's a guy that's probably going to give me, you know, a 250 ERA, you know, if he's having a down year, uh, he's still probably going to log in 100 strikeouts. And, you know, uh, he's probably good for, you know, at least 30 saves, uh, considering, you know, there's only five closers being taken and no one double-dipped in the closer, you know, category. I felt, you know, it was kind of a good move to kind of jump in and get a, a, a handful of saves, uh, you know, locked in at this position considering, you know, the Yankees traded for him. We know that he's going to come in and close games. You know, it's not a situation where he could lose the job. Uh, I think he has the job, and even if he struggles a little bit, they're still going to roll him out there as a closer because that's what they paid him for. Um, and so I, I just think that, you know, it was kind of a situation where, I really wanted a pitcher, but I didn't want to reach for a starter, um, just kind of a middle-of-the-pack starter, considering, you know, most of the great starters were already taken by the time I considered taking a pitcher in the eighth round. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that, that a lot of the the really, really good starting pitchers were taken, although there's some there's some names that are kind of out there. Like, I like Garrett Richards. I, I probably would have taken him over over Chapman. Um, had Hamels fallen to you, I got to think you would have taken Hamels, right, at that point? Yeah, I was flirting with that idea. I was kind of waiting, you know, just having that eighth pick is such a – it's such a pain to be in the middle. 
when drafting fantasy baseball because, you know, you're looking at the board and you're you're looking at guys, okay, I can target this guy, target this guy in this round. And definitely Hamels was on the short list of picks uh, that I was considering going into that pitcher, you know, slot in that round. And, yeah, if Hamels was there, I definitely probably would have took him there. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, was, I was thinking about that, and he went, like, what, two picks ahead, so. Yeah. I think. Yeah, looking just looking at that round, I mean, I don't know. I, I I feel like I like Chapman more than the rest of those guys that went in that round, and really even the next round. I I, I like Calhoun a lot, um, you know, and Desmond. I I like this year too, but I mean Quintana as my first starter. I think I I probably would have looked the same way. I mean, there's a couple guys that went even the following round, like Liriano dropped all the way to the 10th round. Um, I mean, that to me seems a little late for him, but maybe there's something that I don't know about him. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good pick. I think it'll pay off. You know, once he comes back, the guy's still going to be throwing hundred mile an hours, uh, you know, down, down the pike. So I like Now, did you, uh, did you consider just totally waiting on release pitching altogether because it's a saves plus holds league and you could have gotten quality holds much later? Well, yeah, I definitely considered it. I I didn't. Uh, Chapman was the only relief pitcher I took besides the last two picks, which were kind of you know, right. kind of just throwaway picks. Uh, I had no choice but to select them to fill out my roster. Um, right. And that was kind of the mindset that I was kind of, you know, behind. You know, this is a saves plus holds league. I'm going to be able to find, you know, a couple of guys throughout the season. You know, Sergio Romo two years ago, you know, became, you know, kind of a hot commodity. Wade Davis two years ago uh, kind of became a hot commodity. Uh, so guys will emerge. Guys always emerge throughout the MLB season. Uh, that can give you, you know, quality ratios and ERA and WHIP, and uh, you mm-hmm. know, get those saves and get those holds. Yeah, no, I I agree. I totally agree with that. That there. Um, so, if you had to look back at your at your draft, what was your what was your favorite pick out of all your picks? Well, being completely homerish. I mean, obviously, <laughs> sure. I'm going to say Joey Votto. I mean, I love me some Joey Votto. I mean, I guess I, there's an argument well, that I could say. You know, going to be phenomenal, so, yeah. I, well, I mean, obviously, he's phenomenal without the OBP, but the OBP just kind of made it like, you know, he was kind of like my ace in the hole at that point once I selected him. Um, you he's know, a boring category. first round pick in, a, in an OBP league. I'm surprised he fell to you in the second round. I really am. I am too, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, I, I could say, you know, Brandon Phillips, just based on my avatar on Twitter alone, uh, is probably my favorite pick. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I enjoy getting, you know, my Cincinnati guys, uh, homerish or not. Um, you know, the, there's some strengths and some weaknesses in being a homer. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, you select a guy that's on the team that you root for, the team that you follow a little bit more closely than all the other teams. So you'll be able to, you know, sell high or, you know, buy low on certain people because you kind of have that inside knowledge of what's going on with the team. And I kind of like to do that. I don't like to go in heavily into the Cincinnati Reds, although, you know, you look at my roster, I probably have like five of them on my team. 
and two X threads uh, if that as well. So I I just feel like you know with Joey Votto, especially in this kind of format. Uh, yeah, the home runs may not be there, but I consider his on-base percentage an absolute premium, uh, considering oh, yeah, no yeah. one's even even close to what he was putting up in, in probably this year again. Yeah, I, I, I really do like that pick. I, I was kind of hoping you were going to say that one, although it's probably a little obvious since you are the Cincinnati fan, but uh, that's... Yeah, I mean the fact that he, I mean, 450 projected on base percentage last year was 459. It's just ridiculous. Most guys are, you know, most of your good OBPs minus you know Trouts and Harpers and things like that are hovering in the 350s, 360s, and that's good. So 459, 450, that's that's elite to say to put it lightly. Um, so what was your what was your least favorite pick? Like if you went back and looked at everything, what are you kind of going? Ah, kind of don't like that pick. Uh, kind of don't like Johnny Peralta. Uh, not Homerish. Uh, kind of bias aside. <laughs> uh, you know I don't like the St. Louis Cardinals. But when I was sitting there in the draft, I kind of you know I'm, it was late in the draft. I'm damn near snoozing at this point and. Um, you know, I, I didn't really like any of the players on the board. The you know the clock's ticking down. It's in the red at this point, and I'm like, uh, I'll select Johnny Peralta. I mean, when he comes back, I felt like you know he'll have you know he'll have a slot. He's going to get the playing time. Uh, he's, we're going to return to first half of the year last year form. I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously it's a guy that's going to be you know holding up a roster spot in my DL. Uh, for quite some time, and I guess I could have went somewhere else, uh, even just picking up a guy like, you know, Wilmer Flores or, you know, uh, Simmons, just kind of fill the spot and have a warm body that I can use uh, to start the season as opposed to, you know, being on the DL and waiting for them to come back. So I guess it would have to be Johnny Peralta, uh, if any of them I really don't like. I actually kind of like most of the picks that I made. Well, I, I would hope you do, but there's always that one pick where you're kind of going, eh, I don't really like that one yeah. as much. You just have this gut feeling about it. So, you know, as much as we don't like to admit that, there are picks we don't like of our own. Now, I want to ask, how many, you brought up the IR thing. How many how many IR slots are in this league? I was in this exact same league, the Michael Rathburn League, last year. We had, like, unlimited IR spots. I think we only have two this year. Uh, I can't, yeah, I, I can't I find them in the settings. But... Um, but still, it's still a roster spot where, you know, uh, I could use someone else for the time being. I mean, I, I feel like Johnny Peralta is a guy where I'm probably going to be able to throw him back on the waiver wire. Uh, and someone probably will pick him up for a buck. But then, you know, someone will probably, you know, get nervous or need the roster spot and end up dumping him, you know, and I'll be able to pick him back up throughout the year. So uh, it's just more of that, you know, just roster flexibility, roster management, uh, you know, I don't really like the pick just due to the fact that it's kind of a, a wasted spot uh, early in the year. Yeah, I mean, if you only have two IR spots, it's hard to hold on to him until, what, they're talking July? It's Yeah, it's a long time to hold somebody. But if you have unlimited spots like we did last year, that's like you got him in the 323rd pick. And it's, I think that's a pretty good value there, even if you only get him for a couple months there at the end. You know, he'll be a – pretty good boost of power for you so 
were there any guys, you know, we mentioned Hamels, you kind of missed on him, and but you got Chapman instead. Were there any other guys that you kind of were looking to grab and got snaked like right in front of you that you just like they just kind of threw you for a loop there? Um, I really love me some Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, I, I don't, I can't even remember the last time I haven't been in a league where I haven't drafted Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, and Joel uh, sniping me at 51, getting cargo um, was was probably the one pick where because I had cargo right in my sights. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I took two picks later. Uh, uh, which, you know. Yeah, I like Tulo two picks later, but at the same time, I love me some Cargo. I just I couldn't resist, um, you know, trying to pair Cargo and Arenado together. So uh, definitely Cargo at 51 uh, to Joel is probably the one where I was like, ah, you sniped me. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, we're both, both very injury-prone players, so who knows? They could both backfire. Yeah. Um, Sure, we'll t- touch on it a little bit after this, but our draft last night, I mean, it was just like beep, 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 beep. My cue <laughs> was just flying left and right. I, I did not like kicking in the sixth hole last night for whatever reason. I, I'm just Yeah, that was not a about it. league. Well, I sneak like yeah. half your picks, so, you know, you're well, welcome. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, overall, I like, there, you know, <laughs> like the team, but yeah. It's not very fun. <laughs> so, I mean, is uh, I mean, what what's if if you, have you had a chance to really kind of look back at everybody else's team here and and kind of evaluate the drafts? Like besides your own team, you know, who who do you kind of see as the early favorites to win this to win this league? Uh, I really like Rathburn's strategy. Um, I kind of went, I was kind of probably playing the anti-Rathburn role after that about fourth to fifth round. Uh, Rathburn really put a premium on his pitching and, you know, got some really strong arms to kind of uh, stabilize, you know, those counting stats on the pitching side. Um, Mm -hmm. I really like his as well. Uh, Another guy that I like, uh, I like Alex uh, Becky Becky's team as well. Uh, I think that you know he has a nice yeah he has a nice amount of balance on both sides uh, where he's just going to be able to have that flexibility to make some moves to improve uh, what other whatever side you know ends up you know having the shortcomings uh, whether it's the batting side he has the pitchers to where he can upgrade the batters and he has the batters where he can upgrade the pitchers so uh, I like his team as well. Yeah, very interesting. I am looking at his team and just a couple of interesting picks. He kind of took, he kind of took the chances on Billy Hamilton and Jock Peterson. Um, now Jock Peterson obviously kills you in batting average leagues, but in all base percentage leagues, he you know he's pretty good. You just got to hope he isn't as bad as he was in the second half last year. He's at least somewhere in between uh, the first half and second half. And uh, and then Billy Hamilton, I mean, his on base percentage is just atrocious. But you know, if he can get on base, he's just he's gonna steal a base almost every single time he gets on. So um the total risk risk reward picks there, you know, it'll be interesting to see how those play out for him. But so just to kinda get into some general baseball questions, um, 
if they you know we're we're nearing the end of spring training and all the draft preparation and i'm sure you like all of us have you know started your draft prep pretty early and you know you, you had guys you liked and you didn't like are there any guys that you like now a lot more than you did at the beginning part of the spring um you know the obvious i guess will be Michael Franco. Uh, I agree with you, though. I'm not, you know, selecting him over Arenado or any of those guys, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I think that, you know, him having the strong spring, uh, it's not necessarily going to correlate to, you know, having, you know, an amazing, you know, season. Uh, but I think that, you know, considering where he's going to be batting in the batting order, uh, considering his, I guess, worth towards the Phillies organization, uh, you could definitely see the upside uh, there, and you know he, he's definitely becoming a hot commodity uh, as far as his fantasy leagues go across the board. You're, you're seeing a guy that was ADP probably 12th, 13th, 14th round. He's now going in the seventh, eighth, sixth rounds. Uh, they're reaching really, really hard. Uh, so he's definitely a guy that I like a little bit more. Uh, another guy that I like a little bit more than than most play, people do uh, is Starlin Castro. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, people are automatically assuming that, you know, and rightfully so, the Starling Castro is probably going to hit towards the bottom of the order for the New York Yankees. Uh, but the thing is, with the AL East, that's not necessarily a bad thing in in that division, uh, just because, you know, the games seem to go a little bit longer. Uh, they use their relief pitching a little bit more. There are opportunities, more opportunities for guys at the bottom of the order to, you know, have – RBIs and, you know, get those home run opportunities. And while I don't think that, you know, Starling Castro is going to, you know, be a 2020 guy, uh, I think those days or those upside days are behind him. I think he'll be a serviceable, you know, shortstop, second base, wherever you, you know, the eligibility, whatever you can get him into. Um, as far as having, you know, a respectable bounce back year, you know, I don't think, you know, 15 home runs and a 280 average is out of the question. That'd be a pretty good season for him. I think uh, yeah, he's going undrafted in a lot of leagues, so that you know, huge waiver wire pickup there. So, so what about the other side of the coin? So, guys that you liked early on that you've kind of, you know, injuries aside. I mean, obviously the injured guys you're not going to like so much, but you know, just guys that, just for whatever reason, maybe you've reevaluated them, that they've kind of fallen down your draft board a little bit. Well, before the minor injuries that have happened so far this spring, I wasn't really a fan of Corey Seager. Uh, I, I I understand the upside. I understand, the, you know, the drooling of his prospects. Uh, but I just think that, you know, he's going to be kind of like a, a Jock Penderson in that, you know, that there will be some sort of regression happening here. And this I thought this before he ended up getting, you know, a little bit nicked up over the spring. Uh, you know, obviously at the position that he plays at shortstop, you know, it's slim pickings. Uh, you really want to try and get these upside guys. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time for, you know, these young cats to get adjusted to the league. And, you know, yes, the pop's there. I like the pop just like anyone else. I just don't think that, you know, where he's being drafted right now uh, is relative to what his overall production could be this season. And I'm not really a fan of selecting him where he's being selected. Uh, another guy that I'm not really 
too high on that a lot of people are high on going into this year uh, is Freddie Freeman. I just think that, you know, that whole Braves organization, um, the whole Braves team as a whole, uh, you look at the roster up and down and you're just like, what exactly can Freddie Freeman do inside of this lineup? Uh, you know, obviously I think that, you know, Freddie Freeman's an extremely talented baseball player, uh, but I think that, you know, he's going to take a huge step back just due to the fact that his surrounding parts aren't as great as in years past, uh, and the weight might be a little bit too much for him to carry. Yeah, I I, I agree with you on both of them. Um, I mean, I, I'm okay on Seager, the injury obviously kind of bouncing back a little bit. But Freeman, I'm totally down on. Uh, I mean, I think he might be able to do a little bit better than last year, but Again, there's just nothing there to help him. And it's funny you mentioned both of them. I kind of wanted to look up where both of them went in your FSWA draft. They both went in the fifth round. Yeah, and see, and that's totally random. Even in mocks, I've I've seen them go, you know, pretty high in mocks drafts as well. And, uh, you know, obviously you get Freeman in the seventh round. That's a great value. I'm, I'm probably picking Freeman all day, every day in the seventh round. Uh, but in the fifth, you know, the fourth round, um, I'm just not – I'm not too enthused about that price tag. Yeah. Interesting. I just kind of scrolled down. Probably one of my favorite picks of your draft is uh, Rathburn got Hunter Pence in the seventh round, 94th pick. I think Hunter Pence is going to be in for a big year. If he can stay healthy, man, that's going to be a steal for him. But I agree. anyway, man, uh, I think that's all we've got for the night. And uh, you want to close out by letting everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and all that good stuff? Oh, no doubt. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me on. Uh, folks, it's your boy at Who Day. Spoke to you, not a no. Make sure you go check me out over at Rounding Third Podcast over on this network. Uh, and also check out my work uh, over at fantasysixpack.net. And, uh, again, guys, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being on. Yep. Have a good night, man. All right. So that was that was uh, T. Um, yeah, he, uh, you know, brought some good insight into his draft strategy and all that kind of stuff now. I don't necessarily agree with his draft strategy. I think it would have gone with some more pitching than him, but, you know, look, he was one of the first ones that I knew of that mentioned the no running back theory, and I laughed him off the, laughed him off of Twitter, and I'm pretty sure he's laughing now because it's absolutely right. It's the way it's going. So who knows? You know, be contrarian. It works sometimes, so you never know. But uh, yeah. what do you what do you think about his draft there, man? Uh, I mean, overall, I thought you know it's always up to the person drafting on how how they want to build their team. But I agree. I, I definitely think I probably would have tried to go for a little bit more pitching a little earlier. Uh, again, I do like the Chapman pick where he got him um, mm-hmm. compared to what was out there. Um, but I, I still think you know. In order to win overall, you need to have, you know, a completely balanced team that's going to help you throughout the entire year. Um, 
and I mean, not that his team's not balanced. I just think it's definitely geared a lot more towards the hitting side than the pitching side. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he of, said he did that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of young, good pitchers that, that I do like. So, you know, if they decide to take that next step and, and really come through for him, then, then he'll be he'll be looking good. The only problem with it is with them being so young, a lot of these guys could, could be facing in, uh, innings limits and everything towards the end of the season. So, you know, that's something to, to keep an eye on. It looks like the only guys that definitely wouldn't be would be, you know, Trevor Bauer shouldn't be looking at anything, Edison Volquez and, um, you know, Kyle Gibson. But And Mike Lee. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, I didn't see Leak on there. Yeah, so, but Iglesias could be, um, Nola should be, Rodriguez, maybe, um, he, he should be able to last most of the year, I think, too, but they might put the brakes on him a little bit, depending on, you know, how often they're using him to start the year. Uh, I think he's actually well, I mean, right now, though. Yeah, and Erod, I was going to say, he's, he's not going to start the year he's going to be on the DL. So that's going to kind of help manage his innings. So he's just going to have to yeah. put him on the IR for a couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon Finnegan is actually going to probably be a starter, even though he's listed as a reliever here, he's probably going to be a starter. So um, okay. that's why he's listed at 153 strikeouts. Um, he's not yeah. going to strike out more people than any other reliever in baseball. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I think he's, I, I think he's going to struggle in, you know, some of the, the quality starts departments, the K's, the things like that. But, you know, if you read his article over on fantasy6pack.net, you know, he does explain it to where he's like, I'm willing to give up um, the counting categories in my pitching to get, you know, all of the hitting and then, you know, maybe be able to be competitive in the ratios to where he's going to go out and make sure he gets some – some good relievers once they start popping up. He's got Chapman, which will come back after a month. Uh, Howell's pretty good. And um, I don't know who, whoever this Robert, he just picked some Cincinnati guys to fill out his relievers there, Robert Stevenson or whatever. Uh, so he's a you know, he, prospect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a starter. Okay. Because I have him on my dynasty league. That's the only reason I know him. Oh, say, I, I'm sorry. I've never heard of that guy. Like, I, yeah, I know a no, lot of players, but I don't know them all. <laughs> That's, yeah, um, I, I, he was one of the guys I picked up, you know, fairly later last year in, in my minors draft just to try to build out, you know, potential starters for the future and whatnot. And had some pretty decent ranks. So, we'll see. He, he, could, he could end up making it up this year for sure. Um you know, I guess it depends on how their rotation does or how the team in general does, but um, he should get a chance this year. Yeah, I mean, if he plays his cards right, you know, he could go out and snag guys like uh, Henderson Alvarez. Um, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds with his league, but, uh, you know, there, there's some there's some decent guys available, which I'm actually kind of surprised considering it's a – 15-man league. I guess um, they're not great. They have a lack of upside, but, you know, you can make it work. I think you can make pitching work more than you can make hitting work. Um, and so, that's you know, that my strategy has always been get hitting first, but things have kind of 
shifted to where I feel like you need at least one or two, probably more two or three elite-ish arms. Um, and then you can kind of fill it, fill in the backside with kind of, you know, high upside, safe guys, and then, you know, pick and choose and stream it until you find a good mix. Uh, but make sure you get your hitting. And, and you know, he kind of, he kind of took it to the other extreme to where he got a lot of, a lot of hitting and just a bunch of in the middle to low end guys. So we'll see how it works. It'll be interesting to see how it works. I'll be following that kind of all season yeah. with him. But I did want to close out here. You know, we've kind of stayed away from some of the the spring updates. You know, we've been busy the last couple of shows, and I do want to kind of finish off here with uh, some spring updates that have come out lately. There's been a lot of news in just the last couple of days. Like I mentioned, um, you know, I was gonna, I was starting to make my list, and I, you know, started writing down some of the the ones that that I known from like the last week or so. And then I started looking through some of the more recent news and there's just been a ton of it. Like just today, um, yeah. Matt Harvey has gotten injured sort of like it's, it's, a, it's weird. The Mets aren't really saying a lot. Um, all they're saying is that a status for opening day is in question. And it pretty much means he's not going to be ready for opening day. Um, he was scratched from his start for, I guess, tomorrow. And what are they, I'm, I'm trying to read the latest thing now. This is like more recent. So it's it's a non-baseball health issue. I don't know. What the hell does that mean? Like that could be terrible or yeah. it being he's got a cold. I mean, like really? Um, obviously, it's more I, – I would think it's more serious than a, like a normal cold and he's so sick, but like – that could be awful. And honestly, it's one of the reasons like I seriously was tempted to pick Harvey over DeGrom in our league tonight. Yeah. But I this news broke and I went, Nope. And I picked DeGrom instead. So Well, that's what I was looking at too, because I, I saw him up there and I was like, Man, you know, and the first thing if you read his little profile, it's like, Oh, typical worry warts will shy away from Harvey because of blah blah and blah. But like, you know, of course we will. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, uh, if we're smart, yes, that's the point. But, you know, the, the little ticker from Rotowire just says, as it stands now, the only thing about the injury that is known is that it isn't an arm injury and is also right. not an old injury. So, you know, that's good news, but is that really what – what it is, I mean, or, or do they not even know? So things should become clear once the actual ailments know. Well, okay, then you can say it's not an arm injury, but what the hell is it then? Um, yeah, so, I don't know. It's really weird. It's shaky at best, but I'm, I'm yeah. staying away for now. Yeah, I mean, I don't have him in any of my leagues so far, and I'm probably not going to draft him unless they just come out and say, oh, he'll be ready the next week. Like, if he makes his one start, who cares? You can miss one start at the beginning of the year, and I don't care. Um, but if all of a sudden you find out he's going to miss a month or two, then no, I'm not I'm not going after him at all. So another guy that, you know, I've been touting, and maybe you not so much, is uh, A.J. Pollock. And he's kind of been dealing with elbow soreness all spring 
and I, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about it the whole spring, but now all of a sudden it's just he's probably going to start the season on the DL, which really, really has me worried. Um, they're not, you know, there's just not a lot of news about it, and, you know, elbows can really linger. I mean, it, yeah, he's going to be uh, – He's going to be this year's Matt Weeders. Uh, I mean, I'm just calling it now. I'll throw it out there. Have a little, you know, fun at his elbow's expense. Now, I, I don't wish anything like that on this guy. Um, I, I comedically wrote, he's a bum in all caps. Uh, in all, uh, <laughs> I, I saw that. Sheet here. I saw but, that. <laughs> um, no, he's not a bum. He's he's a stud outfielder, you know, on a on a. a, a Good team, you know. As I said earlier, they not they don't have the same offensive pop as as LA, but um, you know he's he's a big cog in that offense uh, to, yep. to help them get to where hurt. they want to be. So it's gonna hurt your man crush's numbers, man. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, if he's if he's not setting the table for Goldie, that that definitely uh, hurts his production too. Um, but, you know, hopefully he comes back and it's just a quick DL stint that, you know, he can he can get back in the first couple weeks, you know, maybe three weeks or something. Um, but uh, hopefully they play it right and they, they let it get better and they, they don't force him back into the lineup too early and then have it be a, a lingering issue for the first couple months. Right. No, I totally agree there. Um. One other guy that we all thought was going to be coming back and maybe not start the season right away, but be very, very close to the beginning of the season was Michael Brantley um, dealing with the shoulder issue. He played in the game last Monday and then hasn't played in a game since. And so sounds like he's going to start the year in the DL probably the first couple of weeks and um yeah you know, that's 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 really bad news to me you know that, that to me that means that shoulder is not healing like they thought and um and i i had moved him way back up my draft board and i you know i heard this news and i dropped him farther down than i think most people um I just kind of think even if he does come back, the shoulder is going to need time to, to strengthen. You know, maybe he becomes a second half by low type of player because I don't think his first half is going to be very good. Um, but I'm I'm kind of staying away from him in drafts. You know, it's not, it's not the type of player that I want. You know, he doesn't put up gaudy numbers. He puts up good numbers all around, you know, including yeah. average. And that's what helps his, his, uh, overall value, but because you can't just come back in and, and just jack 30 home runs in two thirds of a season, you know, he's going to really hurt you in overall produ- production there. So he, he's a guy that I'm staying away from now at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, he's kind of your, your former man crush and again, hopefully he gets back and, and it's not something that lingers and just, you know, takes out, takes out his season. I mean, he's kind of been that injury bug player in the past couple of years. I feel like, and, you know, when he's healthy, 
he's putting up solid numbers. He's helping you on, on all all sides of uh, of the categories, and he's a guy that you want to have. But when he's injured, you know, well, when any when anyone's injured, they're not helping you. But especially when your better players are injured, it just it, it really puts a damper on your team overall. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw it last year with him. He was dealing with the back injuries, and when he came and when he start, you know, started playing, he he wasn't he wasn't right, and it took him a little while to finally get back into the groove of things. And and you know, you expect that with injuries, and so you know, do you do you want to buy in early on him now? I don't even remember what what round he went in in our league, um, but you know, just I, I've actually got. Uh, I've actually got T's draft up still. I'm kind of curious to see where he went in the FSWA league. Um, Cause that was last week. So last week when all the news was still good on Brantley, he went in round five of a 15 man league. So pick 75 this week in our league. Cause our draft was just last night. Um, he went, Draft recap. He went in the tenth round, the one hundred and ninth. Wow. So he went, he went forty, thirty, thirty-four picks later, um, just a week later. And I think the news is getting worse every day for him at this point. So, um, you know, he. You get to see in just a week span of time the, the difference in ADP, and and I think it's justified. You know, you you've got to really worry about Michael Brantley, kind of what you're even going to get when he does return. Um, yeah. So it's 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 interesting. Um, so another injury possibly, um, Yasiel Puig dealing with hamstring tightness uh, late last week. I think he's scheduled to play tomorrow if he didn't play today I don't have his notes in front of me right now but you know he he did deal with a lot of you know leg injuries last year I believe it even was the hamstring and made him miss about 90 games so that's worrisome that he's that those are creeping up again you know man I've dealt with hamstring injuries a lot and uh, they don't go away quickly you know they don't they don't go away in a couple days um, yeah, you can re-aggravate to, hamstring real, real quick. According to um, his player notes, he initially was out of today's lineup, um, but they updated that report, and he was, in fact, in the lineup. So, okay. Um, you know, it says he's uh, it's just that played by tight hamstring over the weekend. Um, so, We'll see. They had him batting second and playing right field, but yeah, he was a big uh, he was a big disappointment for my team last year. I thought that I was getting you know a, a real steal when I drafted him in the fifth round of my pitcher heavy league, and thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have a nice bat to to come back in and and really settle in here. And he just was miserable. He he was such a drain on my team all year. Yeah, he definitely definitely had a bad season, so people were looking for him to bounce back. So that, that news definitely hurts him. Um, so one guy, and I gotta get this ready here. Ayúdame en este momento. 
حرکه میده so uh your your uh your hex may have started to work on uh Dexter Fowler already here, man. He uh oh, how the wheels of pain are turning. <laughs> so he uh so he injured his side, which you immediately think oblique, which is always a bad injury for for baseball players or, or any athlete really. And uh Looks like he might be okay, and sounds like he's going to be able to start the year. Um, I don't really. Nobody. They're just calling it a side injury. What? I don't even know what that means. It sounds like a. Yeah. That sounds like it. Sounds like a hockey injury, lower body injury. It's like oh, I have a broken yeah. leg. It's, yeah. It's a lower body injury. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I hate hockey injuries. Unlike um, the, uh, unlike the, the reports that were coming out about his signing with the O's and lots of information being thrown about this one is definitely uh, more tight lipped um, and, and very vague as far as what's going on with, uh, with uh, DF over there in Chicago. But um, yeah, it, it, it is, it is very uh, reminiscent of a hockey injury. So that's, you know, I feel like again, while you're I, talking, I just need to have this playing in the background. I never, I never aim to wish pain upon people, but when you burn me in a team or the team that I like, uh, it puts a it puts a bad air over you. So try not to uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it sounds like he'll be fine, and you know they're just they're just being cautious with their. You know, they're they're big free agent acquisition, uh, if you will. Right. Was, he, was he even a free agent? I guess he was. If he's going to come. Yeah, to I think he. I, well, he was a restricted free agent, so yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, anyway, moving we'll on. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Give him a week, you know. Well, and, and I want him to be in in the opening game. So, like I said, he could try to lay down that bunt with his first at bat, and then you know, really blow his knee out or something running the first. I, I don't know. You're so cruel. God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> that an evil laugh. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, so bad. Um, so already uh, another closer goes down. I think we talked about Brad Boxberger and uh, Carter Caps. He wasn't officially the closer, but... Uh, you know, he got hurt. Yeah, might as well, Already another closer going down here early on. Will Smith for the Brewers. I kind of was like, I was liking Will Smith as a uh, late, late round closer pick here. You know, he's got a good K rate. Um, Jeffries is looking like the guy that they're going to turn to, but I don't think he's a sure bet to keep it. Um, after that, it's, kind of a mishmash of junk for them. And I mean, are are you looking to go after any of these guys here? No, I mean, I would be okay going after Jeffries late um, if I needed something, but it depends on your league and how many pitchers you have too. If you, if you just have, nine P spots and, and you're playing Roto, I mean, you, you need to get saved somewhere. So if you're, if you're not 
you know, going out early and, and paying for him, then he's he's a guy that, that I would target uh, in that scenario, you know, and some of these other uh, lesser known closers, I guess you could really call them, but like your your Araldus uh, Vizcainos of, of Atlanta, who may or may not keep the job all year long with Jason Grilly being there, but you know the guy performed well last year, and in my mind he should be the the incumbent closer to start the year. But I, I, I'm not overly wowed by him. I, I do think Milwaukee could be a better team than, than some people think uh, this year. But, you know, I, I the one thing I like about them is that they could fall into that category of playing in close games and having a lot of save opportunities. I, I just don't know if, you know, if Jeffries is going to hold on to it for the whole time that, that Smith is out. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even – for some reason I kind of thought that Smith was out the whole season already, but it sounds like he's actually not. But, you know, they've got Corey Nebel, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. You know, he's decent at best. Like I said, they don't just – they really just don't have a lot of good options there behind Will Smith. So it's kind of a situation I'm not really touching. I agree with you there. Um, couple Orioles news here. Seems like we always have some bad Orioles news to talk about. This team's going to be a mess this year. It seems like, um, Kevin Gosman, a guy that a lot of people thought was, you know, a, a real sleeper pitching pick. Um, he, uh, he's going to be starting the season on the DL here. Uh, I believe it's a shoulder injury. And he's gotten some cortisone shots. I know that. So no one really knows. There's no timetable for him to return right now. So that's kind of a that's kind of a blow to an already bad Orioles rotation there. And uh, so that'll that's going to be bad news. And then really kind of surprising is Hyung Soo Kim. Uh, the the big bopper from the Korean Baseball League, he has struggled to put it lightly in the in spring this year, and he um, they they're asking him to possibly go back to the Korean Baseball League. They might send him back home. I've never heard of this happening, but. Uh, no, I, I, mean, I haven't either. I mean, the guy's crazy. eight for forty-four this spring. I mean, oh, he's awful. I think he's, I think he's been hitless in his last, you know, twenty-one at bats or something. Or he was. Um, well, he's, yeah, he started a, out zero for something, and then he went on like a started out eight yeah, for, for thirteen, and then uh, as of March tenth, he was hitless in twenty-one at bats. I mean, it's a two-year, seven million dollar contract. Um. And it says he can't be sent to the minors. Uh, yeah, so he the, has to agree to go to the minors. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Reimold, we've seen up before. He's got the talent, but can he stay on the field? I mean, that's been his, his biggest uh, problem is being healthy um, and consistent when he's been in. So, 
this is just, I, I, I heard this at lunch today when I came home and, and popped on the, the O's Red Sox game and they were talking about it. I was like, wait a minute, what? They're thinking, telling him he's going to make more money by going back to Korea. So, uh, I don't know. I don't. It, it's it's kind of just a, you know, it's really it's, it's, kicking the nuts for the Orioles. It, it's it's definitely a, a you know it's pretty shocking news. I wasn't expecting it. Um, I kind of thought they were going to give him a more of a chance, but you've really got to wonder. I mean, he's just been he's been outplayed by both Rymold and a guy that nobody seems to be talking about is Joey Rickard, uh, a Rule Five player that they got from Tampa Bay a couple years ago, uh, or this off season maybe, and. Um, he is crushing it this spring. He is batting 386 with a 462 OBP. Uh, he's only got the one home run, but he's not, you know, he's not known for power. But he's, he's got five stolen bases. I mean, the guy's the guy's killing it. Um, yeah, and he's definitely put his way onto the roster. I can't imagine he he doesn't. And so that's. You know, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if we see Rickard in left field. Well, that, yeah, that's what it's showing on the the news feed for for Rotowire from him on this one. He's hitting three ninety two actually. Uh, he's got the one home run and seven walks, which is awesome because yeah, I mean that that patience and plate discipline is huge. The Orioles don't have they don't have at all. So. If they can get a guy who's going to actually get a walk in a game, you know, and get on base for one of their bigger bats to try to knock him in, I don't know where the bat mm-hmm. probably towards the end of the order, but um, yeah, I would imagine so. Until he, you know, Buck doesn't like to give still, guys. That's nice for Machado, you know, to to rack up some potential RBIs or mm-hmm. or whatnot um, if he's hitting down low. So. I don't know. I mean, it, it sucks because I, I had a lot of a lot of high hopes for Kim, and uh, you know, really liked the the prospect of what he was going to bring to the table. But it sounds like he's not bringing anything to the table. No, unfortunately not. And we will see how that goes. So, um, moving on from our bad Orioles news always puts me in a bad mood. So talk about somebody else um the astros man the first base job is very interesting uh a lot of people thought it was john singleton's job you know uh to to kind of run away with it in the spring and he has been officially sent back down to the minors he's not going to start the team and aj reed is not going to start with the team so we've got Tyler White, who is going to start the year with the Houston Astros as their starting first baseman. Who is Tyler White? I have no idea. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy until <laughs> midway through the spring. I'm not going to lie. Apparently your dogs know who Tyler White is. Maybe they can get on and say. But... Yeah, it, Tyler Wade, like he's been, he's just been good, very, very good. Um, 
you know, batting over 350, couple home runs, bunch of RBI, walks a lot. You know, he's just just been steady for him. And you know, the Astros are a good team this year, so they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna let guys like Singleton just kill them by striking out 300 times. You know, during the year, so you know they're they're gonna make these guys earn it. Singleton was at one point a, a, a big time prospect, and Astros don't need to wait around for him. They, they've got guys that can produce. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of crazy to see because, like you said, everybody was all in on Singleton after they let uh, Chris Carter walk, mm-hmm. and you know he he was kind of an all or nothing guy. Um, He's up in Milwaukee now, I believe. So, again, we'll we'll see what Milwaukee can put together with him. But, um, you know, Reed's obviously not ready. He's going to stay down in the minors, and they're going to play that game with him, I believe. Um, you know, they may be able to bring him up, but it's it's really interesting to see this, you know, this transition that they're going through and who they're going to play and where. Um, I, the, the weird thing, I'm looking at this Matt Duffy um, guy for first base, and I, and it's almost, to me, like the same. I, I don't know if, if the writers have him confused with Matt Duffy, the third baseman for the uh, – sorry, the, um, the Giants, but it's just – just pull him up and look at some of his stuff. It's pretty funny. Um, they're talking about how, you know, he homered twice and drove in three Sunday during Houston's Grapefruit League win over Pittsburgh. Uh, the 27-year-old third baseman, blah, 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 blah. No, then this, they is, talk, this is Matt Duffy for Houston. But it's, then they uh, say it's just, Duffy should make the Astros opening day roster if they choose to carry 12 pitchers. So I guess they're saying if they're only carrying 12 pitchers, they'll have room for another, Duffy. you know, another bat. So I don't know. I mean, he, he could end up getting some, some playing time in there too. Yeah. He might end up being like a kind of a utility guy. You know, they got Marvin, Marvin Gonzalez there. Yeah. He's, He's nothing great, but he's serviceable there. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting. It, it took a turn in a direction I was not expecting it to go, and um, you know, so so we'll see what happens there. I, I think it's just inevitable though that AJ Reed finally gets his call up. You know, I'm probably my guess would be sometime in May. I I just don't see. You know, who knows? Maybe this Tyler White guy is like the real deal, but I certainly never heard of him before just a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, one of the, one of the other notes I had here was just about Hunter Pence killing it. And we already mentioned that a little bit uh, during uh, T's time on. So I won't uh, talk on that very much, but last thing I want to talk about, and I'll kind of let you run with this one since it's your, your team here, Billy's closer job. Is this still David Hernandez or what, what are we looking at here? Hmm. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, here. Oh, there we go. What's Sorry. going on, man? <laughs> uh, I had my my mute thing on while the dogs were barking. Um, ah, gotcha. 
So yeah, David Hernandez. So, is this uh, this still his job in Philly, or what are we looking at? Yeah, I think you know it's kind of gone back and forth. I mean, it initially started that he was going to be the guy, and then they had Andrew Bailey kind of waiting in the wings, and he was going to just be okay and and be like a fallback plan. Um, well, it wasn't even then, Bailey at first, was it? Well, no, no. I'm saying it was Hernandez at first. Oh. Bailey was kind of going to be this potential add-on. They they had uh, they still have Edward uh, Mujica too, who's kind of in the mix for it. Um, they they just have a lot of. I'm just looking down this list of their relief pitchers. It's a lot of funky names Mediocre. that they brought in <laughs> from all these other teams. Jean-Mar Gomez used to be in Pittsburgh. Mujica, we know he's made his rounds between. St. Louis and Boston and probably a few other stops along the way. James Russell used to be in Chicago for the Cubs. Uh, Yervis Medina used to be in Seattle. Um, so it, it, there's just a slew of guys here that could, you know, be a closer any given day. Not necessarily have the pedigree, though. Uh, Ernesto Frieri is another one. Um that was potentially going to battle for it. But then Andrew Bailey kind of came up and took the main lead, it looked like, to, to be the front runner, to come up and be the closer. Um, but then he's been roughed up. You know, he gave up four runs in his last two outings. So, you know, who knows what he's going to do. They're still looking to see more out of him, it sounds like. Um, and, and at this point, it, it looks like he might just head to the minors to start the year. Um He's he's got an opt out clause in his contract where he can get out, you know, uh, or he can't get out until May first. So it looks like at this point it's going to be a, a Dalier, Hinojosa, uh, or Hernandez that's going to be the opener for for the year. Um, but I mean, if he if he does start in the minors and he starts taking care of business down there. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him up before that May 1st date uh, just to, to get him back into the majors. And, I mean, he's got the pedigree. He was a he was a fantastic closer when he was back in Oakland. Uh, he went to Boston and kind of fell apart, had some injury issues, but, right. you know, hopefully. And he was in the, uh, in the Yankee system for a while, too, and just never really panned out there. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a situation I'm I'm kind of avoiding when I can. So it doesn't look like it's going to be a good one all year. It's going to probably be a, a turnstile of closers there for them. They got a like you said, they got a bunch of guys who just can do it, but maybe not very well. Anyway, man, that's all I've got for the night. You uh, you got anything to add? No, I think that's pretty much it for for this. Um, Said, I'll have to uh, Votto just win our league. Damn it! <laughs> I'll have to. What happened? Oh, Votto. Votto just won in our league. I was kind of hoping he would somehow uh, fall back to me, although I would probably dude, doubt he it. You don't have another pick in like thirty picks. <laughs> well, yeah, thirty yeah. picks, but remember well, the yeah. AL guys can't be piano. So like, it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's hard to look at. You're like, damn, so many picks, and then you're like, oh, it's only half. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's trouble. It it's is, gonna be interesting. It is interesting. I, I will say that. I mean, just looking at I, I may be like going after a, 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 after that. It's like first base is like 
absolutely nothing in the NL. I'm kind of regretting going after the NL here. There's no bats. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're uh, they're really – I mean, you've got Aegon. He'll probably not fall back to you. Freeman. uh, Osborne's not even NL. Duda. Duda, Belt. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I, not I, much. I would, <laughs> not I would much say you're probably going to look at at belt and and hope that He's that healthy. makes its way back to you. Yeah, you know. Otherwise, you got you got the big piece, Ryan Howard. Who knows what he could do this year? <laughs> okay, I'll take Ryan Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's just the worst. You know, like the worst. Uh, the worst option there, but yeah, man, this this just drops off. It drops off so yeah. quick. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Hi, man. Well, uh, yeah. So we are done for the night, and we will. Uh, we got to figure out a better way to close out the show, man. We gotta. We've got to come up with something. This is. Uh, oh. This is pretty bad. We used to do the Twitter thing, but. No one tweets me any questions anymore, so I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't have that segment. That was always a good, stupid way to finish things off. But well, I'd like anyway. you know, once the season starts, you know, it may get back into that. So, but yeah, we can, uh, like we talked about, we can we can come up with uh, my little rants for the week or whatever, and I'll I'll talk to you offline about some of my creative segment titles that I've come up with. Oh, be be afraid, everybody. Be very afraid. <laughs> so, be I will, everybody, right? Everybody's gonna turn off the show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, everybody, have a good night. Uh, next week we will be back on Tuesday. I don't think we'll have to reschedule next week's show, but. Uh, so Tuesday, the couple of days after the opening days, and um, we will see you all then. Good luck in your draft if you got any left. All right.